Shalom everybody. This week's parsha, at least in the diaspora, in Chutzlart, not here in Israel, in the Holy Land, is Parshat Naso. Parshat Naso is the longest parsha of the Torah, which is befitting after receiving the Torah on Shavuot, a new beginning, which is marked by the biggest parsha of the year, and also one of the most powerful sections of the Zohar of the year, Parshat Naso, the Idra Rabbah, and also one of the, the longest section of the Midrash Rabbah of the year also, the Midrash Parshat Naso. The Parsha at the beginning goes through finishing off the numbering and the work divisions of the sons of Levi, of the sections of the tribe of Levi, of, you know, Gershon, Kehat, Merari. And, and towards the end, when it sums up, it says, it says a pasuk like this, that this will be the work of the Leviim, and it says a funny wording. It says, Avodat Avodah and Avodat Masa. In other words, this is their work for the service of a service, Avodat Avodah, and for the service of carrying Masa. Rashi on the words, Avodat Avodah says clearly, what does it mean, Avodat Avodah? That they have a service of singing on the Duchan in the Holy Temple, in the Mishkan, that the David would sing with musical instruments for the sake of another Avodah, being what? Avodah of the sacrifices done by the Kohanim. If you take a look at Rabbeinu Bachye, Rabbeinu Bechaye, but the real pronunciation should be Rabbeinu Bachye on the Torah, not to be confused with Rabbi Bachya ibn Pakuda, author of the book, the Musar book, Chovot HaLevavot. Rabbeinu Bachye on the Torah was a big master Kabbalist, one of the four teachers of the Ramban, Nachmanides. He, in this week's parasha, has a very, very extensive piece on this word, this wording, Avodat Avodah, the service of another service. And he shows, he proves, you can take a look there at length, that this doesn't only apply to the service of the, the work of the Leviim in the temple for the sake of the korbanot done by the Kohanim, which is how Rashi interprets based on the sages what Avodat Avodah means. But he says this refers to every mitzvah in the Torah. Every mitzvah is called an Avodah service. And here there's a hint to another service behind every other service you do in the Torah. Amazingly, what's the idea? The idea is every mitzvah is called an Avodah. You're serving Hashem. It's an avodah. The mitzvah connects you to Hashem. And it's a service. To put on your tefillin in the morning is a service. The daven shacharit is a service. To say kretschma twice a day is a service. To give tzedakah is a service. Learning Torah. Being a Jew with all that it requires is a service. Okay? So he says like this, something amazing. He says, just like in the case of the avodat avodah of the levim, it was the accompaniment of singing and plays, playing music for the sake of another mitzvah, which was not case, the sacrifices of the Kohanim, done by the Kohanim. And in that case, the service of the Levim is what? Music and singing is happiness. It's joy. It's a happy, happy conduct. Okay? So too, he says, this applies for every mitzvah. There's avodah, there's doing a mitzvah, like putting on tefillin, doing Yom Kippur, doing Shabbat, Tzedakah, Talmud Torah. Okay? If now, you get a mitzvah for that, that's an avodah. However, 
if you do this mitzvah with joy, with simcha, which is like the case of the Avodah of the Leviim, they're playing music to bring a happy tone, a happy mood in the service. So that's considered another mitzvah. If you put on tefillin, you get a mitzvah. You put on tefillin with joy, it's an imaginary second, uh, not imaginary, yeah, it's, it's a hidden, not imaginary, but a hidden second mitzvah within the midst of the tefillin or the shofar or whatever, that if you do it b'simcha, you get another reward. It's another level, another dimension. And Rabbi Nachman makes a big, big deal of this point of doing the mitzvah with joy to the extent that Rav Lossin writes, this is someone Likutei Alachot, we still can't find the exact pointing, but it's brought down in the book, a bit more advice in English, translated by the BRI, Etzot HaMavarot, by Rav Shimshon Barsky. He brings down, that Rav Nosen says this, someone Likutei Alachot, that the simcha, the joy behind doing a mitzvah is even greater than the mitzvah itself. Do you hear that? The joy in doing a mitzvah is even greater than the mitzvah itself. That's the goal of the mitzvah. The goal of the mitzvah is to be joyous. The only thing, the only get to this joy, the only way to get to this joy is through tefillin, Shabbat, through specifically mitzvah. You can't say, if the goal of the mitzvah is to be happy, so I'll, God forbid, spend my night, night times in pubs and dancing and drinking and enjoying myself. No, that's not what's going to bring a person to real joy. That's just going to bring a person down. The real simcha is when you are doing the will of Hashem and you're happy about it. This is what brings you to real joy. You know that what you're doing is eternal. It's never going to be lost. It has a piece, it's a missing block, a missing piece of the puzzle of the entire creation, of the whole picture. What I'm doing, however I'm doing it, how low I am, but I'm doing it with simcha, I'm, and that I realize that what I'm doing <coughs> has meaning, <coughs> has a purpose, has a goal. There's something behind it. This is true joy, true simcha. And like Rav Lassen says, this is even greater than the mitzvah, and it's, that's the goal. And Rabbi Nachman explains that what you do when you have simcha and doing a mitzvah, it makes movement, makes momentum in your mitzvot. It gets things moving in life, especially when you're stuck in whatever you're stuck in life, challenges and difficulties. The power of simcha which is reflected, like the Al-Sheikh explains, whenever Simcha is said in the Torah, it's un- understood automatically that it's Simcha associated with the, with the mitzvot. Because in this world, there's no other true joy. When a Jew buys a nice, delicious steak for Yom Tov, so he's enjoying part of this world, but because it's for a mitzvah, so he elevates it. It's true Simcha on a physical thing, but it's connected to a mitzvah. When a Jew takes mundanity, buys a big house, somewhere in upstate New York, in Muncie, I don't know. And and his intent is that he can have special rooms for all the guests that come from the Holy Land collecting tzedakah, whatever. Just give you an example. And he has tons of rooms for them to make them feel so good and comfortable in their states they can do their whatever they're doing with much more ease. So he took physicality and elevated it. Fine. So too, the mitzvah, taking the mundanity of this world and elevating to the mitzvah, that's how a Jew can experience True simcha, I can cheat if you want to say, using this world and having true simcha because he uses it for the sake of a mitzvah, okay? So he teaches Rabbi Nachman that this simcha has momentum to get the whole world moving back to serve Hashem. And when the whole world is moving back to serve Hashem, you have openings in life. The world, the creation, your surroundings now is bent to help you to come back. person is stuck, the simcha 
allows for the creation to help a person to come back. Ki besimcha tetzehu, the prophet says, Isaiah, about the future redemption, where it says, on the simple meaning is, ki besimcha tetzehu, that when you guys are going to come back to the Holy Land, like it says there, you're going to come back with joy and singing and rejoicing, and the nations are going to bring you and everything. So Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nosson, they go a step further. They say this doesn't just apply to the future redemption. It's whenever you need a redemption. Ki besimcha. When you're stuck, through joy, you'll get out. You'll get out of what? you get out of whatever you're stuck in. Okay? It's appropriate to say this story. I've said it many times, but it's so amazing. The message is so strong about this point. How Simcha creates openings for a person for what he's stuck in. There's a famous story of the two holy brothers, Rav Elimelech of Lijansk and Rav Zushav Anipoli, that there was a time in their life that they went traveling incognito, undercover. No one knew who they were. They did this purposely. Many tzaddikim were known to go on a self-imposed galut exile. And these tzaddikim, for whatever reason they had, they would travel from village to village at a certain period in their time, and nobody knew who they were. They came to a shtetl, a village, where there was a nighttime curfew, like at 9 p.m., and they arrived at quarter to nine. And it was a summer night, summer evening, and it was late, obviously, and they didn't have enough time to set up their lodgings, their, where they're going to stay, their, their, their place to stay and to, stay, to eat, etc. So by 9 p.m., they found themselves still on the street. The police saw them, and in this village, at a curfew, anyone who was on the street after 9 p.m. was arrested, whether innocent, non-innocent, Jewish, non-Jewish, put in the cell, in the jail until the morning. In the morning, they would check their documents and everything and let them out safely. If they were innocent, well, if they had problems, they were problems. So, Rav Zusha and Rav Elimelech, the police saw them, they arrested them. No one knew who they were, so there was no one to defend them. And they wanted that way. So they're put in a cell where there was a big giant room with mattresses all around. And in the middle, there was the pot of relief, the, the toilet. It's called in Hebrew terminology, graf shavrei, where the halacha is that when you're in presence of the stench and the presence of a toilet, you can't dive in, you can't learn nothing. You're stuck until it's removed. If it's in front of your face in the same room, there's no mechitza, there's no partition, there's no whatever, and it's within parameter or space that there's a smell and it's in front of your eyes, you can't dive in, you can't learn nothing. So it was already nightfall. Rav Elimelech was very sad, was very broken. Rav Zusha, the older brother, was always the happier one. He saw his brother was broken. He said to him, why are you so sad, my brother? What's wrong? He said, look, I can't dive in. We have to do Kriyachima for Arvit. We have to dive in the, we have to dive in the evening prayer. I can't even open my mouth now for any words of holiness. Even Ugenam, hell is better than this. Can't do anything. So Zusha said to him, just the opposite, my super duper tzaddik brother who's never missed uh, Arvit in his life. Hashem now wants you to fill the mitzvah like this. Like what? In this format, what Allah says, Allah says in the code of Jewish law, that when you're in such a situation, what do you do? Allah says you have to say in your heart, master of the universe, Ibn Shalom, I want to do your will. I want to daven. I want to say Kriyachma. But the situation doesn't allow me to do so. I can't. So let it be considered, that it should be considered, Ke'ilu, the famous as if, as if I did this mitzvah. And the Lacha says, you are rewarded as if you did the mitzvah, because you did your best. So he said to him, my super duper brother, 
You never missed a Marev Hashem wants you to do the mitzvah dafka like this. Specifically now in your life, he wants to test you like this. Avani Melech said, you know, you're right. What am I fretting about? What is this? And they got so excited, they started dancing at the opportunity they had to do the mitzvah like this. And all the inmates, Jews, non-Jews, criminals, innocent people, just looking at them, huh? <laughs> They're dancing. They see everyone looking at them. They decided to grab everybody's hands and they made a giant horror circle, dance circle around the toilet. They're all dancing around the toilet. Each one is singing. This guy's singing on his vodka. This guy's singing on his wife. This guy, you know, everyone's singing for a different reason, but they got, they got them to be all happy. The warden of the jail heard the singing and the noise, and the jail is not a place to be happy. The jail is a place of Tisha B'Av all year round. You're supposed to be sad and serious, right? So the warden comes. He said, what's all this noise? What's all this noise? They tell him, ah, it's because, it's because of the toilet. He said, oh, really? Because of the toilet, they're happy. I'll fix that. He opened the cell. He ordered to have removed the toilet. They removed the toilet and everything that it had with it. Five minutes passed. The windows were open, little whatever jail windows they had. The stench got out. Vizusha told him, now you can daven. Now you can daven. What happened? The joy of this situation, in this situation, created a solution. Who in the world would have thought that the warden would come and take out the toilet? What, what is this? So far-fetched. But it happened. And how did it happen? Because they were happy. This is not easy. It's easier said than done. I agree. But this is what Rabbi Nachman wants to get at us. Is that you work on the simcha. Know that simcha is the key. When you know that simcha is the goal, that's really 50% of the solution. So that when you're going through challenges in life, at least you know what you have to look for, what you have to work for. You know that simcha will open the doors. How? I don't know. But I know that simcha will open the doors for me. I'm waiting for them to come to fix the washing machine. And it's ready three, four days they said they would come. And the dirty clothing is piling up. And I have no clean clothing for tomorrow. And if they don't come, what am I going to do? I have to go all the way downtown to find a laundromat in order to do laundry. So I, do I, and, and I'm calling the number, and they already stopped working. They didn't send anybody. They said they would, and he's on his way, and there's no one to talk to. So if you get upset and everything, what does it help? What to do? To dance. To dance. Hashem, I know you're testing me to get angry, and I'm not going to angry. I'm going to be happy about my Yiddishkeit, that I'm, that I'm still a Jew, and that I love you, and that you love me, and everything's for my good. If you work on being happy in your present situation, Hashem opens the doors. He opens the doors. This is the idea of avodat avodah. It's an avodah, the simcha in doing a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah itself. And it's the key of the mitzvah. It's the goal. Remember in the curses in Parashat Kitavot, at the end of the Chumash, it lists there 98 curses. And towards the end, it says, you know why all these curses will, become, will befall upon you? The verse reads, And all this will befall you because you didn't serve Hashem in joy and in a good heart. It doesn't say all these punishments will come upon you because you didn't serve Hashem. You didn't keep Shabbos. We're going to punish you. Shame on you. You get spanking and hit. No. It says because you didn't serve Hashem with joy, the punishments come. Because that's the downfall. That's the beginning of descent and falling off. Is a person is not happy with their mitzvah performance and happy with the, themselves and don't appreciate the golden opportunity they have to say a bracha, to learn Torah, to wash hands, to do mitzvot. 
person is not happy about it. He's like, okay, okay, okay. And he's always under constipation, rush, whatever you want to call it. And he's not happy. So uh, such a person will be tested just a little bit in life. Boom. He'll fall off. As a person who's working on appreciation, has humility, and has emuna and has all this, because of all this, he has simcha in what he's doing, even when it doesn't work out, but he's happy in his portion. I'm happy, Hashem, that I'm a Jew and I have a lot of access to so much good, even though I can't do it perfectly and do it right, but I know that you love it, Hashem, you love me, and you have nachat. You have Yiddish and nachas from me, Hashem. So this is the key. This is what the parsha is telling us, hinting according to what Rabbi Bachay, if you can find it in English translation or in Hebrew, you can see how he dissects avodat avodah to show this applies to the entire Torah. May we merit to be happy with what we're doing as we are, as low and as far and as incomplete our mitzvah performance is, still to be happy with the modicum of good found in it and to be appreciative of it and of Hashem for having the merit of doing a mitzvah and in this way a person can come closer. Shabbat Shalom.